Good evening, listeners. Welcome to the Nodley Crawl Catcher with Corey Bank. This is episode 36. I'm excited to be here with you all tonight. I am your host, and you're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, the key attitude of Georgia. I hope everyone's having a great night. It's now time to enter the late night madness. The first thing that we're going to talk about in the world of the MLB in our first story is a game between the Toronto Blue Jays versus the Baltimore Orioles. Brandon Bell homered on Mike Bauman's first pitch in the 10th inning. Dalton Varsho hit a two-run home run in the second, and the Toronto Blue Jays defeated the Baltimore Orioles 6-3 on Tuesday night. The loss ended the Orioles' three-game winning streak and cut their lead in the AL East over second place Tampa Bay to two games, with Bo Pichette on second base as the automatic runner in the 10th. Belt hit a liner into the right field seats for his 14th homer, the third in two games. That gave Toronto the final push in a tight matchup of division contenders. A lot of times it comes down to who makes the least amount of mistakes, Belt said. That's how it turned out for us. Their guy just made a mistake over the middle, and I took advantage of it. The Blue Jays have won 5-7 and hit 7 home runs in their last two games. That's what's going to take for us to win this thing, Belt said. Everybody's got to be contributing. Mostly Belt, who has reached base safely in 16 straight starts, hitting 6 homers in that span. He doesn't really waver. When he's getting a good pitch to hit, He's not missing it, manager John Schneider said. He came through again tonight. In a game that featured a variety of missed opportunities, the Orioles stranded 10 and went 2 for 14 with runners in scoring position. Belt delivered the decisive blow. Belt's been a really, really good hitter for a long time, Orioles manager Brandon Hyde said. He was looking for a fastball out over the plate, and obviously he got every bit of it. We had our opportunities before that and didn't quite get it done. But Toronto added a run in the 10th on a wild pitch by Bauman, the first reliever in Orioles history to win his first nine decisions. Tim Meza worked a perfect ninth, and Jordan Romano got three outs for his 31st save and 34 tries. Toronto starter UC Kikuchi gave up three runs and seven hits and four and two-thirds innings. It was the first time in seven starts since July 6th that the left-hander allowed more than two earned runs. The Orioles trailed 3-1 in the fifth before chasing Kikuchi and pulling even against reliever Yimmy Garcia. Jorge Mateo scored after Blue Jays catcher Danny Jansen threw wildly to second base on a double steal. And Garcia yielded a two-out RBI double to rookie Jordan Westberg. Earlier, after Austin Hayes doubled in a first-inning run for Baltimore, Toronto went ahead in the second when rookie starter Grayson Rodriguez issued a leadoff walk and Varsho homered on a 0-2 pitch. Kevin Kiermaier added an RBI double in the fourth. The streak is on fire, and the Baltimore's Ryan Mountain Castle received an intentional walk in the ninth to extend his career-high run of reaching base to his 27th consecutive games. Before the walk, he was 0-4 with three strikeouts, and the Orioles' right-hander, Tyler Wells, 
was optioned to Double A Bowie in late July after he struggled in three straight starts, possibly because he had already pitched a career high 113 in two thirds innings after being used sparingly at Bowie. Wells was transferred to Triple A Norfolk on Tuesday. He will pitch out of the bullpen on Wednesday, a role he might assume upon returning to Baltimore. We're going to shorten his outings, have him throw less pitches and less innings, and see how that goes, Hyde said. But now we're on to a training report. Blue Jays first baseman Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was in the starting lineup after leaving Sunday's game against Cincinnati in the fourth inning with discomfort in his left middle finger. Orioles outfielder Anthony Santander missed a third straight start with a lower back injury. He's feeling a lot better today, said Hyde, adding that Santander was available off the bench. So in this game, it was the Toronto Blue Jays who took this game to the bank by the score of 6-3. Into this next game of the MLB News we go, we're going to recap upon tonight, is a game between the New York Mets versus the Atlanta Braves. Eddie Rosario hit a two-run homer in the second inning. Marcel Zuna and a solo shot in the fifth, and the major league leading Atlanta Braves held on to beat the New York Mets 3-2 on Tuesday night. I think we both have had our lows dating back to last season, so it feels so good to be able to recuperate the confidence and have it back, and be able to contribute to the team positively and help the team win. Rosario said through a translator, the Braves took a 2-0 lead, on Rosario's 20th homer, a 415-foot shot to right center. Rosario has gone deep four times on a nine-game homestand that ends on Wednesday. Azuna made it 3-0 with his 27th homer and third in the last two games. Right now, I feel really good at the plate, Azuna said. I just come in every day working and giving my best. I'm seeing the hard work pay off from earlier. New York's Daniel Vogelback. Connected for a two-run shot off reliever Pierce Johnson to trim the lead 3-2 in the sixth. But Joe Jimenez, A.J. Minter, and Razel Iglesias held the bets to two hits and one walk over the last three innings as Atlanta snapped a two-game skid. The Braves have held first place in an NL East since April 3rd and remained 12 and a half games up in the division. Fourth place, New York Mets have won seven of the last nine, but dropped 23 games back in the NL East. The Mets began the night six and a half games back in the wildcard race, and Bryce Elder allowed one run and two hits with three walks and three strikeouts and five one-third innings. Atlanta improved 11-3 and and Elder's home starts this season. Elder loaded the bases in the fourth with two walks and a hit batter, but he escaped the jam when DJ Stewart struck out and Francisco Alvarez lined out. That fourth inning was kind of long, and I had to pitch out of some trouble. Elder said it was a little bit of a grind, and I was pleased with how I kind of worked my way through it. Iglesias closed for his 23rd save and 25 chances. He walked the leadoff batter and gave up a hit to Stewart before Alvarez grounded into a double play, and Rafael Ortega grounded out. It was Iglesias' 16th consecutive converted save. That's a guy who has been through the wars. Braves manager Brian Snicker said 
He's got a slow heartbeat too. But he is not going to panic in a situation like that and keep making his pitches. So Tyler McGill was charged with three runs and eight hits with a club record four wild pitches in his four and two-thirds innings. He had maybe his best fastball of the year, and he competed well, Mets manager Buck Schulter said, but he gave us a chance against a tough lineup. Atlanta is 9-3 against the Mets this season and has won 15 of 19 games in the rivalry dating back to last season at scoring the New York Mets 128-71 over that stretch. Now we're on to our training rooms report. Showalter said right-handed pitcher Edwin Diaz will throw off a mound on Wednesday. Diaz, the team's elite closer, has been sidelined since the World Baseball Classic back in March with a torn right patella tendon. He threw off a mound at City Field on August 16th and reported no problems. But New York has yet to say if he might return this season. Mets right-handed pitcher John Curtis had a loose body removed from his right elbow and is expected to get ready for spring training of next year. But not only do the Braves lead the majors by a wide margin with 239 homers, but Rosario Schott gave the team seven players with at least 20 long balls through 125 games. The fewest games for any team to do so in a season, folks. It's also the first time the Braves have had seven players with at least 20 homers in a season. So they're going on strong. And Atlanta star right fielder Ronald Acuna Jr. went 2 for 4 with his 30th double and improved his batting average 1 point to 333. He had two stolen bases to pad his major league leading total of 58. But there's a transaction that came on through. And the Braves recalled left handed pitcher Jared Schuster after optioning right handed pitcher Allen Wins to Triple A Gwinnett. Following his loss Monday, Snicker said Schuster will be used in a long relief but could make a spot start if necessary. He won 4-2 with a 5.00 ERA and 9 starts in the big leagues early this year. So in this game, it was the Atlanta Braves who took this game to the bank. Now we're on to our last game of the MLB news we go. We've got a game between San Francisco Giants versus the Philadelphia Phillies. Trey Turner had a two-run single in the ninth inning that bounced off Camilo Duvall's glove and into center field, giving the Philadelphia Phillies a 4-3 victory over the San Francisco Giants on Tuesday night. Philadelphia increased its lead to four games over San Francisco in the National League wildcard race. The Giants have lost 12 of their last 16 games, falling behind Chicago and Arizona into a tie with Cincinnati for fourth in the NL wildcard standings. I feel like we've done that all year, said Turner, who was hitting 300 with home for four homers and 13 RBIs in August after struggling through most of his first year in Philadelphia. We've trailed by one or two runs in the eighth or ninth inning, especially at home, but we've put the pressure on teams and get the job done. Greg Kimbrell, 7-3 on the year, got the victory with an inning of relief. They fight, they are resilient, and they compete until it's over, Phillies manager Rob Thompson said. After a string of relievers frustrated the Phillies, allowing just two hits and four two-thirds innings. Philadelphia P. 
piece things against Duvall, who entered with 33 saves on the season, but Philly's hitters seemed to be on top of everything that Duvall was throwing, who stuck with a, com a combination of hard sinkers and cut fastballs. But Giants manager Gabe Kapler said Bryson Stott, Bryson Stott was hit by a pitch, then advanced to third when Brandon Marsh trickled a ball up the middle. At the Marsh stole second, Kyle Schwarber was intentionally walked with one out to bring Turner to the plate. With the count of 2-2, Turner roped a liner that deflected off the Duvall's glove, then to the left of Thyro Estrada at second base. I got a good pitch to hit, and I put the barrel on it, Turner said. After that, it's out of my control. I'm glad it didn't end up right at Estrada or into the pitcher's glove. Stott scored the tying run, and Marsh followed. When you feel you have the best closer in the game out there in the ninth to win the game, it's disappointing, Giants manager Gabe Kapler said. It's definitely a gut punch. But Jock Pedersen's two-run double was just past the diving reach of Johan Rojas in the fifth inning. And this looked to be the difference for most of the night. And Pedersen hit a slicing two-out liner to center field that ticked off the end of Johan Rojas' glove rolling to the wall to score Estrada and Wilmer Flores to give the Giants the lead. Estrada had three hits in the night, and Pedersen had two. We had some moments earlier in the game when we had a chance to get a big hit, and we didn't do that either, Kapler said. We win as a team, and we lose as a team, and in this case, we lost as a team. But Kyle Harrison, San Francisco's top pitching prospect, and ranked as one of the sport's best overall prospects, made his Major League debut, going three and one-third innings, and allowing five hits and two earned runs in a no decision on his 65 pitches. Bryce Harper hit a two-run homer in the first inning, and it was Harper's 11th of the season and second in two nights. He was two for three with a walk, and Tajon Walker went five innings with six hits and two earned runs, striking out seven. But now we're on to our training rooms report. Giants outfielder Mitch Henniger had a fractured right forearm. He started a rehab assignment with AAA Sacramento, and Henniger has been on the injured list since June 14th. Outfielder Mike Yashkremski left hamstring strain is hitting without restrictions and is continuing his running progress in Arizona. As for the Phillies, Harper experienced some tightness in his back and served as the DH instead of playing his first base position. It dates to back spasms first suffered on August 10th. Manager Rob Thompson said Harper was fine to hit and wanted to make sure he stays fine. Thompson said Harper's status at first base is day-to-day -day and he doesn't want the two-time NL MVP bending at first 150 to 160 times in a game. So all in all, in this game, it was the Philadelphia Phillies, who you guessed it, folks, took it to the bank against the San Francisco Giants by the score of 4-3. You don't want to go anywhere, folks. We're about to go into the NBA offseason. You don't want to miss it.
Active Pest Control offers the best services and prices to protect your home. Offering both monthly and quarterly pest control services, plus specific services like bed bug, German roach, and flea control. Even if you can't see them, insects are all around you 24-7. Active Pest Control wants to be the first line of defense. Active Pest Control. Repair. Bond. Best termite coverage around. Active Pest Control, 34 Jefferson Street, Noonan, 770-954-9941. Want to give back to your community in a meaningful way? Cares for Kids is a Keller Williams Realty-founded charity in which 100% of money raised goes directly to children in need in our area. Cares for Kids helps fund local organizations like Angel's House, Coweta Casa, Elevate, and more. Help Cares for Kids reach their mission of serving 1 million children. Call 678-634-9770 today to learn more on how to be involved or text K4K Noonan to 44321 to donate. This week's property of the week is located at 688 Cheatham Road in Griffin, Georgia. This 32.14 acre track is waiting to find its new owner. This property features a three bed, two bath home built in 1890. An 18 by 28 utility shed ran with its own power and water, fencing for horses and other livestock, and timber such as pine, oak, and pecan trees. Call 678-634-9770 for more information. Welcome back. You're listening to the Nightly Crowd Catcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1 The Key to Noon in Georgia. And now we're on to our NBA offseason segment. And our first story is about the Golden State Warriors head coach buying minority stake on the La Liga side of Mallorca. Next, Golden State Warriors head coach Steve Kerr has become a shareholder in Rio Mallorca, the La Liga club said Tuesday. Mallorca reorganized its ownership structure last month with President Andy Kohlberg becoming majority shareholder after acquiring the shares of former Phoenix Suns owner Robert Sarver. The Island Club have just begun the third consecutive season in Spain's top flight with a draw and a loss so far in the 2023-24 year and exceeded expectations with a ninth place finish last season. Andy Kohlberg and I have been friends for many years, said Kerr. We were together this summer. He told me there was a shift in the ownership group, and he offered me the chance to be part of the new investment group. I was so excited, having been in Mallorca last summer, watching a game, following the team, and becoming a fan. It was really exciting opportunity, and I jumped at it. He told me it was an excuse to spend a week or two in August every summer in Mallorca. Colbert joked, that was the main motivation, I think. Kerr won five NBA championships as a player and is seen as one of the greatest coaches in NBA history, winning four championships with the Warriors between 2015 and 2022. He first visited the island of Mallorca in 2022 and delivered a speech to the first team squad becoming a Mallorca fan last year and becoming involved now with the team. I'm going to be watching La Liga games all year, Kerr said. It's so exciting not only to have a financial stake, but really what that means, putting your heart into it and becoming part of the team. The most important thing is the culture within the team every day. 
Is everybody pulling in the same direction? Is everybody supporting each other? Do you look forward to coming to practice every day, seeing your teammates, seeing your coaches? I know that's a culture that is being instituted in Mallorca, and obviously, it's paying off so well. Mallorca's heyday came in the late 1990s and early 2000s, when they, when they twice finished third in the La Liga and won the Copa del Rey. But relegation saw them fall as low as the third tier in the 2017-18 season before bouncing back. They are currently 14th in La Liga with just two games played, having drawn 1-1 one and one at Las Palmas on opening weekend and lost 1-0 to Villarreal on Friday. Eight-time NBA All-Star Steve Nash is also a shareholder at the club, having previously served as a director. My wife and I won't be able to come to the summer because of the World Cup in basketball, Kerr said, but we're planning on trying to make it to Mallorca every summer and coming to games. So it's pretty amazing that you have such an entity like Steve Kerr, decorated, knows exactly how to run a great franchise, getting a minority stake. This franchise is really going to take over and really change the landmark of what it means. To be a Mallorca. And our next story in the NBA offseason news is about the USA's rising star leading his team past Germany in the FIBA World Cup next. In a game that was tremendous theater for our friendly and served as a terrific appetizer for the upcoming FIBA World Cup, Team USA completed a 5-0 exhibition record with a high intensity with their win. 99-91 over the medal contender Germany on Sunday. The U.S. trailed by as many as 16 points in the second half as Germany, which came in 4-1 in the pre-World Cup play, including a win over Canada, employed an effective game plan. But the Americans turned it into a chance to buckle down and show off their defensive medal, holding... Germany scoreless for six minutes in the fourth quarter while going on an 18-0 run. Anthony Edwards, who has used these past three weeks to show off his potential as a leading man, was brilliant offensively and defensively. He fired in 34 points on 11 of 20 shooting and was part of the swarming defensive end and his efforts that won the game. He unquestionably is the guy. The Team USA coach Steve Kerr said of Edwards, you can see he knows it, but now the team knows it, and I think the fans can see it. He generally believes he's the best player in the gym every single night, and he's such a dynamic young player. I think he's going to take a leap in his next parts of his career. That was Team USA's hope when it secured Edwards' commitment to be on the roster. Kerr and the rest of the USA basketball leadership saw him as the number one option, and he has been given the green light to shoot when he sees space. In the five exhibition games, he led the team in scoring at 19.2 points per game and finished shooting 51%. Man, this was fun, said Edwards, who signed a new deal worth up to $260 million with the Minnesota Timberwolves last month. I ain't had fun like this in a minute. So yeah. This was super exciting. We were down 15. That was adversity. And Tyrese Halliburton, fresh off his own deal of over $200 million with the Indiana Pacers, 
served notice of his importance on the roster as he scored 17 of his 18 points in the second half and finished the game ahead of starter Jalen Brunson because of his defensive and playmaking prowess. Our second unit really put it together, Halliburton said. Also finishing the game as a bench player was Austin Reeves, who has won compliments from teammates and coaches and scored 16 points. I don't think that we can really ever feel this way but we're out of when we're out of the game. But Reeves said, we really got it done. We've got a lot of talent that's got a lot of guys in the league who really are hungry. This one felt good for us today. After showing minor flaws over their first four exhibition games, the Americans got some potentially useful lessons after their weak spots from a German game plan that future opponents will likely attempt to mimic. Not every opposing country has a point guard like Dennis Schroeder, a role player in the NBA who can morph into a force in international play. He went after the Americans with his speed, acceleration repeatedly at the point of attack, and using pig and rolls to get past his defender and put help for the defense on its heels. Schroeder, who signed with the Toronto Raptors this summer, had 16 points and 10 assists and repeatedly set up or created Assist for NBA players with his teammates. Franz Wagner, who had 17 points. Mo Wagner, who had 14. And Danielle Theis, who had 12. Reigning NBA Defensive Player of the Year, Jaron Jackson Jr. had 5 block shots, but often was left to chase when he or others were out of position. Perhaps the Americans' biggest challenge in the upcoming World Cup is size. They are fast and versatile, but they're not very big in their height or bulk. Germany is starting off with six foot ten Franz Wagner at small forward, six foot eight Bruiser Thais at power forward, and seven foot Johannes Wogman at center. And it brings six foot eleven Mo Wagner off the bench. This showed repeatedly throughout the game as the Germans won the rebounding battle 46-35 and used offensive rebounds as a primary scoring weapon by winning second chance points. 21-7, Germany threw a press and half-court traps at the U.S. team, which frequently had the effect of disrupting its offensive rhythm. That is something it could see again. The Americans leave Monday for Manila, Philippines, and the World Cup, where they open Saturday against New Zealand. We still go to Manila feeling like we're going to have a lot of room for growth. We also go there with a lot of confidence in ourselves, Coach Kerr said. The group has a connection. They really like each other. They really play well together. And this is what we're going to see at the FIBA World Cup. We'll be right back, folks. We're going to about to go into the NFL offseason. You don't want to miss it. Wishbone Fried Chicken is back in a brand new location. 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A here in Noonan. Same great taste. The best chicken around. Fish dinners. Open Monday through Saturday, 10.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Dine in, take out, it's Wishbone Fried Chicken, right next door to their former location, bringing you the best chicken around. So great. Wishbone Fried Chicken, 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A, here in Newman. Got mold? Call the Mold Man. Specializing in crawl space and interior mold remediation, encapsulations, and basement waterproofing since 2019. The Mold Man team takes pride in keeping your family healthy and your home mold free. Visit our website, 
themoldmanllc.com to schedule a quote or give us a call at 678-227-9763. Hey, sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern. You'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show daily at noon right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time. WQEE. Braves Country is a Southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. How do you make the most of your land? Everyone has their way. The Nelsons depend on their John Deere Gator XUV 835R to get from point A to point B with decoys and the dogs. As much as we got going on, it's all about efficiency. And if you ask the Mosers what they use their Gator XUV 590M for, they tell you. The most fun we have on the Gator is just repping around the property. There are millions of ways to make the most of your land. Learn how to make the most of yours at Deer.com. Nothing runs like a deer. I'm pretty handy around the house, but now that I have kids, I don't want to spend my Saturday installing a toilet or fixing an air conditioner. But thankfully, there's HomeAdvisor. HomeAdvisor helps me find the best home pros in my area to handle any kind of project. You can read reviews of the pros, check their availability, and even book appointments online. And what my wife loves most is that HomeAdvisor is completely free to use. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app to get started. HomeAdvisor. I'm not going to lie, I know nothing about cars and I don't really mind keeping it that way. This, it's cool. I called CarShield before my car broke down. Thanks to CarShield, I don't have to understand anything about what's broken because plans can pay for repairs on up to 6,000 parts of my car. Leave fixing cars to the experts and call CarShield before your car breaks down and maybe save some money for once. It's a thought. Call 800-579-6554, 800-579-6554. At Jersey Mike's, they slice your order fresh, right in front of you. And let me tell you, watching that can send a rush of emotions through a person. Excitement, impatience, baby-like wonder, indecisive, anticipatory chewing, nervous pacing, happy claps, and finally, jealousy, because that's this guy's sub. I should order one. Good idea. Sliced right in front of you. It's a Jersey Mike's thing. A sub above. Welcome back. You're listening to the Nightly Crow Catcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1, the key in Newton, Georgia. And now we're on to our NFL offseason segment. And our first story is about the Indianapolis Colts running back being granted permission to seek a trade. Coming up next, All-Pro running back Jonathan Taylor has been granted permission by the Indianapolis Colts to seek a trade. League sources told ESPN's Adam Schefter. But the Colts will be seeking significant trade compensation for Taylor. According to separate sources, the team is looking for a first-round draft pick or a collection of picks that equates to one, the sources said. 
While no offer has materialized, teams are weighing what fair value looks like in a potential deal for Taylor, the 2021 NFL rushing champion. Additionally, interested teams will need to consider whether they are willing to sign Taylor to, con to the contract extension he is seeking. The parties involved are looking to settle a three-week standoff that began when Taylor reported to training camp back on July 25th. Taylor, who is entering the final year of his rookie contract, has long been seeking a long-term contract extension. The Colts, meanwhile, have shown no willingness to do a deal, raising concerns on Taylor's part that staying in Indianapolis might result in him receiving the franchise tag before he hits the open market in the spring. Owner Jim Irsay told ESPN last month that the team had made no contract offer to Taylor. That became a major source of irritation for Taylor. Taylor, who's 24, complained of issues associated with his surgical repaired right ankle when he arrived for camp and failed his pre-camp physical. He was then placed on the physically unable to perform list, where he remains. Taylor has not practiced with the Colts since being placed on injured reserve back in December. In the weeks since then, the relationship between Taylor and the Colts has devolved. That includes a tweet from Ursay that prompted a reply from Taylor's agent in an unproductive meeting between Ursay and Taylor that played out in the middle of Colts practice. Taylor has twice left training camp in recent weeks, first to seek outside therapy on his right ankle, and then last week to ascend to attend to his own personal matters. Taylor requested a trade on the day he reported to camp, a request that Ursay publicly denied on July 29th. But behind the scenes, the idea of a trade was never really tabled a Colts at the Colts headquarters. Taylor never rescinded his trade request, hoping the team would have a change of heart. As a point of reference, Christian McCaffrey, another elite running back, was traded from the Carolina Panthers to San Francisco last season for a second, third, and fourth round picks in 2023 and a fifth round choice in 2024. Taylor, who has a combined 3,841 rushing yards since entering the league three years ago in 2020, his league high 1,811 rushing yards in 2021 set a Colts franchise record as did his 18 rushing touchdowns last season. And our next story of the NFL offseason is about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers organization making the decision on who they choose to be naming their starting quarterback. With one preseason game to go, Tampa Bay Buccaneers coach Todd Bowles named Baker Mayfield their starting quarterback for the 2023 season, filling the very large shoes of Tom Brady. Mayfield, the number one pick in the 2018 draft, who has now had stints with the Browns, Rams, and Panthers, beat out 2021 second-round draft pick Kyle Trask. Baker's our starting quarterback. Kyle's our number two quarterback, Bull said. We love everything Kyle has done, and he's gotten leaps and bounds better than he was in the spring, and he's continuing to get better, and we're excited about it. But Baker's our guy right now experience-wise, and just understanding the playbook just a little bit better. But Kyle's on the come-up, but we like both guys. We like where we are at with Baker as our number one quarterback. Bowles notified Trask first thing Tuesday morning and then Mayfield. 
Now I've just got to lead like I know how. And the real things to consider are right around the corner, Mayfield said. It's an exciting time. The Bucks are Mayfield's third team since he was traded by the Browns one year ago. He lost the starting job with the Panthers in Week 12 and was released. He then signed with the Rams and performed well enough to earn a fresh new start in Tampa. But being named the starter in Tampa didn't make things any sweeter for him, as he views this as a merely first step in a long road ahead. No, I expect to be the starter, Mayfield said. I know how talented I am. I know the type of leader I am. Now it's time for the real thing. We're about to have the real games, and everybody's excited about it. General Manager Jason Light, Bowles, and Offensive Coordinator Dave Canales all acknowledged the caring on a lengthy quarterback competition so deep into the camp would mean less reps for the eventual starter, but the Bucks felt it was necessary to give Trask a true opportunity to compete after two years behind Brady and Blaine Gabbert. Trask showed significant improvement from mandatory minicamp to training camp in his accuracy and fundamentals, his grasp of Canales' new offense, and his decision-making. At one point, he was outplaying Mayfield in practice. But Mayfield's experience having started 69 regular season games, including a 48-37 and playoff win over the Pittsburgh Steelers when he was with Cleveland, prevailed. Maybe started the first preseason game against the Pittsburgh Steelers while Trash started the second. The plan is for both to play Saturday night in preseason finale against the Baltimore Ravens. With Mayfield expected to play the first half and Trask the second, third-string quarterback John Wolford's status is currently up in the air due to a neck injury. He suffered a sprained neck against the Jets in the second preseason game. Bowles said X-rays and MRIs were negative, but Wolford did have a neck injury last year. Mayfield appeared more in control and had better command of the offense this preseason in the first preseason game. He completed 8 of 9 passes for 63 yards and a touchdown, and no interceptions. All around, he can throw it. He's very smart, he understands football very well, and he can read defenses. He's very good for the scheme we're using, as is Kyle. I'm not denying that either. The Bulls said of Mayfield, but Baker's the guy we're going with right now, and we're comfortable with. But in the two preseason games, including nearly an entire second preseason game due to third stringer John Wolford's injury, Trask completed 26 of 38 passes for 317 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. He also fumbled the ball against the Jets on his sack Saturday night, but it was recovered by tight end Cade Otten. Mayfield praised Trask and Wolford and cited a Ben McAdoo quote when describing the quarterback room and no cannibalism. We need everybody in there to be a part of it, and we're pushing for the same goal to win games, Mayfield said. But I've been in that spot, that Kyle's in firsthand last year, so it's all about support. You never really know when your chance is going to come. You just have to stay ready and be the same guy for your guys every day. Mayfield said he's benefited from the different perspectives Trask and Wolford have provided, but Kyle's game is much more different than mine. He can stand tall in the pocket and deliver it wherever he wants. And John, his mental aspect of the game, he can eliminate so quickly and play so fast. Trying to take certain things from those guys, it's just always great to have those new tools. 
But Mayfield signed with the Bucks this offseason on a one-year deal with $4 million, with incentives that push it to $8.5 million. The hope is that he can get his career back on track while helping the cash-strapped Bucks avoid a major drop-off after Brady's retirement. Mayfield's financial situation has come to light recently in a petition he and his wife Emily filed in Texas court last week over the potential misappropriation of $12 million in an Austin investment firm. So it's not a lawsuit, but attorneys have requested that defendants turn over financial records from 2018 to 2013, 2023. So this came up for the first time, and it's put on a lot of mental stress for Mayfield. Congratulations, Baker Mayfield. You did win the starting job. You have an opportunity to prove to the Tampa Bay area that you are QB1 and that you can take your team to a better place. But you got to climb a lot because now you are the first quarterback to come off and be the starter since the legendary Tom Brady. Now we're on to our last story in the NFL offseason. And this is about Buffalo Bills' defensive end. Comeback story hits a snag because he was being put on the IR. After making it back to the NFL on the roster, following four years away from the league, defensive end Shane Ray's journey has hit another bump in the road. On Monday, the Buffalo Bills placed Ray on injury reserve. The move could end his season unless an injury settlement is reached. Coach Sean McDermott described him as a day-to-day Sunday. It's just one of those things that you got to get healthy, and you know that's the main part for him, to get healthy, Von Miller told ESPN. I'm sorry he got hurt, and he's trying to recover from his surgery on the right ACL, so I already know what he's dealing with. He's staying here at my house to really recover, but Ray left Saturday's preseason loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers with a hamstring injury. After playing 12 total snaps after the game, he was visibly emotional in the locker room and was comforted by multiple teammates, including center Mitch Morse. In two preseason games, Ray played 32 defensive snaps, nine special team snaps, and one two-point conversion. Ray, who is now 30 years old, was a long shot to make the competitive Bills 53-man roster, but he was showing promise throughout camp. I know I still have a lot of good football left in me. I just want to maximize that, said Shane Ray. But the 2015 first-round draft pick by the Denver Broncos signed with the Bills after a successful rookie campaign tryout. So Ray was on the Broncos team that won the Super Bowl 50. He played four years in Denver from 2015 to 2018, all of them with Miller. He had his first productive season in his second year with 8 sacks and 21 quarterback hits, but he suffered a left wrist injury, which started this whole thing for him. And he's got a long journey ahead of him, but he resigned. He was resigned, and then he played his 2021-22 season with the Toronto Argonauts, but he was dealing with more injuries. So he had to humble himself. He had to figure out what was going to happen when he would playing football in Canada, but the Bills also placed tackle Tommy Doyle on the injured reserve. McDermott said Doyle would be out for the season after he was carted off the field at Saturday's practice. So, 
It's very unfortunate for Shane Ray that this is happening. But I believe he is strong mentally. And he can figure out what's going to happen for the next points of his career. He may get another opportunity. We'll see what happens for Shane Ray. We'll be right back with the NCAA football offseason recap. You don't want to miss it. When you really need something to get you through a long graduation ceremony, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are there to give you a thrill. With varieties like Trolley Sour Bursting Crawlers, the worm's soft and chewy texture, surprising flavor combinations, and neon bright colors will give everyone a reason to celebrate. So when you want to notch the festivities up a couple degrees, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are the perfect way for everyone to celebrate. Shop now for any trolley that crawls your way. This is Austin Black, and I am the host of Behind the Tunes. Have you ever wondered about the stories behind your favorite songs and the journeys of those that sing them? Each week, we invite you to go behind the tunes and step into the stories behind your favorite Christian artists that shape the landscape of today's music. Hey everybody, this is Andy Crispin. Join me this week for worship as I play two hours of the best in modern worship music from churches and worship leaders around the world. And this week, my special guest is Blake Goss of New Spring Worship. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do not perceive it. I'm making ways in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. For us, that scripture came alive because he did a new thing actually in an old place. You don't want to miss a moment of this week's worship with me, your host, Andy Christman. WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. Home of Southern Sports and Talk. Noonan, Sharpsburg, Franklin. Welcome back. You're listening to the Nightly Crowd Catcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1 The Key out of Noonan, Georgia. And now we've got an NCAA college football story. And this is about the decision of the Florida Atlantic University coaching staff to name their starting quarterback. So this is the start of Tom Herman's coaching tenure at FAU. And this will feature a familiar face in a starring role. Former Texas and Nebraska quarterback Casey Thompson has won the starting job at FAU. Sources told ESPN that FAU quarterbacks were informed of the decision on Monday. Thompson has been the favorite to win the job since transferring from Nebraska to FAU back on May 10th. He has started 20 college games in his career, 10 at Texas and 10 at Nebraska. In 2021 at Texas, he threw 24 touchdowns to lead all Big 12 quarterbacks. Thompson beat out a competitive field of quarterbacks that included Daniel Richardson, a transfer for Central Michigan. Thompson, 24, is in his sixth and final year of eligibility this season at FAU. He entered college in 2018 after he been recruited to Texas by Herman, who was then the head coach in Austin. Thompson was one of the most sought-after quarterbacks in the NCAA transfer portal as he visited Auburn and drew interest from Notre Dame, Houston, Indiana, and Texas State. Thompson's experience includes productive stints at two high-profile schools as he'd thrown for 47 touchdowns, 4,829 yards, and 19 interceptions in his career. He broke onto the scene when he came off the bench in the 2020 Alamo Bowl. Throwing four touchdowns off the bench, he threw five touchdowns in the Red River 
rivalry against Oklahoma back in 2021, and totaled seven touchdowns against Kansas that year. Both his starting seasons at Texas and Nebraska in 21 and 22 were cut short by injuries, including a labrum tear at Nebraska he suffered in September and played through and required surgery. That caused him to sit out this spring at Nebraska. Thompson endured a thumb injury in 2021 at Texas that required surgery after that season. So Thompson told ESPN in May that the reasons he chose FAU transcended his relationship with Herman, as there's a strong coaching staff and supporting cast, and FAU leads the AAC in overall returning production, which ESPN's Bill Connolly put at 83%. Thompson will need to find his form soon as FAU faces a difficult September after home games against Monmouth and Ohio University. FAU plays road games at Clemson and Illinois. We'll be right back, folks, with music news. You don't want to miss it. The Baxters have a new first book. From number one New York Times best-selling novelist Karen Kingsbury, author of life-changing fiction, comes The Baxters, a prequel. The heart-pounding story of Carrie Baxter's wedding. Amidst family tension and the worst storm Bloomington, Indiana has seen in a decade. The Baxters, by America's favorite inspirational storyteller, Karen Kingsbury. Visit KarenKingsbury.com for more information. The Baxters, available now wherever books are sold. I'm pretty handy around the house but now that i have kids i don't want to spend my saturday installing a toilet or fixing an air conditioner but thankfully there's home advisor home advisor helps me find the best home pros in my area to handle any kind of project you can read reviews of the pros check their availability and even book appointments online and what my wife loves most is that home advisor is completely free to use go to homeadvisor.com or download the free app to get started home advisor Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back. You're listening to the Nightly Crow Catcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1 Nikki and Newton, Georgia. And now we're on to our music news segment. And our first story is about a legendary rock band putting on a great show in New Jersey. Next. Which summer stadium tour features a singer in a shiny outfit, a special guest, and a three-hour set that includes a few surprise curveballs? What do you believe it's Guns N' Roses? The band is back on tour again this summer. It plays North American stadiums until mid-October with Slash, original bassist Dove McKennigan, long-standing keyboardist Dizzy Reed, and for many concerts, a surprisingly sincere cover of the Jimmy Webb classic, Wichita Lineman. In the case of the East Rutherford, New Jersey show, its fourth 
in North America and second in the U.S. this year. The shiny outfit was frontman Axl Rose. And the special guest was Andrew Dice Clay, who came on to tell jokes for a few minutes after a tight and tough opening set by the Pretenders. The Diceman, as he refers to himself, remains upset about several things, including the social distancing circles on elevator floors that were introduced during the pandemic, and the prevalence of senior citizens in Florida, which seems like is an issue that's been around for quite some time. He's one of the few comedians who can get as much applause for vocalization. Oh, and then he can for a joke. That's not really a good thing, though. And Guns N' Roses, they still have it, and much more of it than before. Slash rejoined the band in 2016. Slash's guitar playing is at a sharp as, as sharp as ever. And he is McCannigan are playing very well together on tour, but Rose's voice isn't what it was years ago. By the end of the opening, it's so easy. It was clear that Rose has lost some of his range, although how much is hard to tell. When he blowed the chorus of Mr. Brownstone to give it the menace it needs and rose to the occasion of Welcome to the Jungle, then struggled to hit the high notes of Rocket Queen. But Rose isn't just a compelling performer for his voice, though. Far more than that. During the shows without Slash, he was really putting together something. And he had a lot of charisma, taking what deemed and seemed also like a slight bow after some songs. As Slash played along under his usual hat, Rose actually seemed to have fun. His history with his bandmates may be a soap opera, but they all seemed to have the greatest of times. They had a great time on the set when they did Civil War, and especially for November Rain. At a time when critics seemed positively shocked at the idea that a stadium show can run for more than three hours, and including two surprising songs, it's worth remembering that this was once simply what rock fans expected. Pl play for a while and surprise us with a bit. Guns N' Roses went beyond this to give each member a chance to shine. Mechanigan sang a powerful TVI. Slash snuck pieces of Voodoo Child and people get ready into other songs and really they put something together. Knocking on Heaven's Door and Wichita Lyman, they also play. It's hard to think of a song that seems less suited for a hard rock band. Sincere, minimal, tasteful, but it worked well enough to make it up for it with Andrew Dice Clay. But now, we're on to our last story on Music News. You don't want to miss it. When you really need something to get you through a long graduation ceremony, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are there to give you a thrill. With varieties like Trolley Sour Bursting Crawlers, the worms' soft and chewy texture, surprising flavor combinations, and neon bright colors will give everyone a reason to celebrate. So when you want to notch the festivities up a couple degrees, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are the perfect way for everyone to celebrate. Shop now for any trolley that crawls your way. This is Austin Black, and I am the host of Behind the Tunes. Have you ever wondered about the stories behind your favorite songs and the journeys of those that sing them? 
each week we invite you to go behind the tunes and step into the stories behind your favorite Christian artists that shape the landscape of today's music. Hey everybody, this is Andy Crispin. Join me this week for worship as I play two hours of the best in modern worship music from churches and worship leaders around the world. And this week, my special guest is Blake Goss of New Spring Worship. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making ways in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. For us, that scripture came alive because he did a new thing actually in an old place. You don't want to miss a moment of this week's worship with me, your host, Andy Crispin. WQE 99.1 FM, The Key, home of Southern Sports and Talk, Noonan, Sharpsburg, Franklin. Welcome back. You're listening to the Nightly Crow Catcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1, The Key, at Noonan, Georgia. And now we're on to our last story in our music news segment. And this is about a Hall of Fame musician announcing his North American Rough and Rowdy Ways Tour next. After spending this summer crisscrossing Europe on the latest leg of his Rough and Rowdy Ways Tour, which began in 2021, Bob Dylan announced a new slate of 18 North American fall dates on Monday morning on August 21st. The legend shared the news on Instagram alongside the tour's promotional poster and old-school film-inspired advertisement showing a menacing skeletal figure. But the outing will kick off on October 1st at with the first two dates at the Midland Theater in Kansas City, Missouri, before moving on to St. Louis, a three-night stand at the Cadillac Palace Theater in Chicago, a pair of shows in Milwaukee at the Riverside Theater, and gigs in Indianapolis, Cincinnati, Akron, and Toronto, before winding down on October 30th in the Proctor's Theater in New York. In his Instagram post, Dylan promised more dates to be announced soon, but as follows, October 1st and 2nd, will be in Kansas City, Missouri at the Midland Theater. October 4th, St. Louis at the Stuffel Theater. October 6th through the 8th will be at the Cadillac Palace Theater. The 11th and 12th will be at the Riverside Theater in Milwaukee. October 14th will be at Grand Rapids, Michigan at the Defoe's Performance Hall. October 16th will be in Indianapolis at the Marat Theater. October 20th will be Cincinnati, Ohio at the Andrew J. Brady Music Center. October 21st will be in Akron at the Akron Civic Center. October 23rd will will be in Erie, Pennsylvania at the Warner Theater. October 24th will be in Rochester, New York at the Auditorium Theater. October 26th and 27th will be in Ontario, Canada at the Massey Hall. And October 29th, will be in Montreal at the Place des Arts, Sally Wilfred Pelletier. And to round it off, we'll be at the Proctor's Theater in New York. And Bob Dylan will be recapping on his tour. And more tour updates will be included. Are you an unsigned artist that's looking to take the next step in your career? Look no further. Your time is now. Join Empire Troop has come to your rescue. Owners Casey Case and Cameron Whitaker are ready to make your musical dreams 
come true. Whether you're looking to record your next track, compose your next project, or need help with mixing and mastering your existing music, we will always be here for you in your time of need. For more information, go to www.joinempiretroop.com. Welcome back to the lovely crowd catcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1 The Key at noon in Georgia. Everyone, thank you for listening in tonight. Thank you, WQEE. Everyone, get home safe, get a great night's sleep, and we'll see you next time. Have a great night, everybody. Take care.